We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Giants fans are going to love me for this one, I guarantee it. It's not a talent thing with yeah, the Sterling. Like, they spent big money on a wide receiver and then drafted one in the first round. And the passing yeah. offense isn't even good. Yeah, Daniel Jones threw 11 <laughs> touchdowns last year. There might not be yeah, a ton to go I around. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and for those very reasons, my bust, and he's not being drafted that highly, but Evan Ingram... Well, okay, that is a that is a talent issue. First of all, yes. First (laughs) off, if a team's fan base is calling one of their own players bad, they are right. They don't (laughs) like. They never are lying about this. And Evan Ingram really can't catch. Uh, I've I've seen several videos on it. It's so funny because is it's like for years Evan Ingram was like viewed as this like good tight end and he never was and I tweeted one time like I don't think I've actually ever seen Evan Ingram have a good play and he was always <laughs> someone that was like a top 10 like this guy's a good tight end he's he never has been Evan Ingram was finished as tight end 16 last year being drafted as tight end 14 for what what is making people say he's going to do better What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Blaine Kirk, joined, as always, by my two favorite co-hosts in the whole wide world, Matthew Spawnauer and Theo Ash. How are you guys today? I'm great. I just had my first in-person class since freshman year of college. Uh, so did I. At, a, at 8 a.m. this morning. So Mine was at 8.30. A <laughs> little bit of a hit or miss morning there, I guess. But uh, overall, I'm doing pretty good. What class nice. did you have? 
Um, mine was a web applications programming class. Sounds boring. Mine was a sports <laughs> marketing class. It was very exciting. He was just a hater. What was it? I already forgot. <laughs> web applications programming. Man, <laughs> you can make a stay hot uh, website. <laughs> Do you guys want me to make the stay hot website? Matt, how are you? How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I watched uh, everybody go to their classes this morning. Yeah, Matt um, dropped out of school, by the way. I, don't know I did drop people. out of school. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kanye. Um, okay, Kanye. The college dropout. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even doing anything. I'm just chilling. Uh, <laughs> but my power was out last night, um, and it was very frustrating to wait for it to come back on because it went out and then it came back on and then it went off again. And it then went out like, during your Twitch stream. Yeah, I was having a great Twitch stream, and then all of a sudden it goes out. So. Um, I, it was funny. I was circling around like every like once every like 30 minutes or so to see if my power is back on in my house because uh, it was like dark and I couldn't see and it was hot in the house. So I'm like, I'm not going to go in. There. Touch grass. Uh, go outside. Take a walk. Go to the park. <laughs> play frisbee. Grass. Go bird watch. Anyway. <laughs> Matt's like a retired ultimate frisbee god. Like, what are you talking about? He's six foot five. He's got the reach. Anyway, god we got might a <laughs> We got a lot of things to talk about today. Yeah, we, we got, got, a, got a pretty big episode. We have some NFL news and preseason updates, and then we're uh, going to get into some fantasy stuff. It'll be a fun episode. As always, make sure you guys subscribe, leave a like, a comment, a review. We're on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, so keep helping us grow this platform as fast as it has been. And if you haven't yet, make sure you follow at Stay Hot Pod on TikTok. There's some awesome content coming there as well. And, you know, I mentioned we're hopping into fantasy. But uh, I can't, I can't uh, skip out on the fact that yesterday was the birthday of the Theo Ash NFL. So um, we we all wished him a happy birthday then. But for those who are listening now and didn't know, a uh, very happy belated birthday to you, Theo Ash. Uh, how was your birthday? It was cool. I, I had a good time. Because um, you're 21 now. So I'm, I played like, 21. I thought I looked, I don't have a beer in my fridge. I thought I could flex on you guys and I could, I could drink that during the podcast. Are we, are we allowed to like um, be sponsored by beer companies now because you're 21? I don't know. But I went to a bar called the Theodore because that's my name. And um, I had a, I had a oatmeal stout, a dark stout. And then I had a, a, a cider. And then I had a, I had a peanut butter and jelly flavored mead because it sounded like the most cursed item on the menu and I was allowed to order That's, it. I, I mean, it's all, well, it really is. It does sound bad. It didn't taste as bad as it sounded. It tasted weird. Um, and meads are definitely a drink that should have probably been extent, extinct in like yield English times, but uh, they're not and they're here at the Theodore. So uh, that's, that's what I was, I was at at the bar drinking peanut butter and jelly mead. Uh, and um, yeah, we, I was with friends. We were, you know, all hanging out. It was fun. I had a good time. I played some Mario Excited Kart after drinking a mead and got first every time. Uh, Matt is the only person I know who's like better than me at Mario Kart. And even yeah, then, I was, about, I was about to say, it was, I could have beat uh, you if I didn't choke <laughs> on that. I choked on one of the maps. I choked. But, I choked on a uh, on a track too. End of the day, yeah, I'm it, undefeated. It, it, we Nobody's ended pretty close, but he did. He did beat me by a little bit. But I'll beat you both in Scrabble. Nobody, you got me there, man. Yeah, you got, you <laughs> got me beating Scrabble. I'll take that out. I'm a Scrabble god. Anyway, hopping into some NFL news. You know, obviously the rookie quarterbacks are a hot talking point. Everyone wants to talk about Zach Wilson and whatnot. Um, you know, Theo, we've been kind of pushing the whole anti, anti-Tua narrative 
are you starting to regret it a little bit? No, God, no. no. Like literally in the okay. first game, in the first game, he threw his <laughs> drives ended in like a three and out and a horrible pick. Like, and people were like, did you change your mind on Tua? Like, no, yeah. no, my mind yeah, was that, enhanced that, that, on that Tua. That one pick in the end zone was really bad. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, he was making some good throws to open wide receivers. He had like throws that any NFL quarterback should make. And then the one throw that like required it, an elite arm that a number five overall pick should be able to hit, he threw a pick. So like, yeah, maybe, maybe like he can be that like initial guy all the time and hit the easy throws and his weapons are good enough. But like, it, no, it didn't change my mind on it. And I can't lie. I didn't watch, I haven't watched the Dolphins Falcons games yet, but even then, if he's playing the Falcons practice squad, I'm not taking away anything from that because with the weapons he has, I assume if Tua is out there, the starters were out there playing the Falcons. So like he should look good. So no, I mean, my mind has not changed I, I, on Tua. At least he's looked more confident, right? I mean, and I guess Maybe, it's like he I should. Guess. I guess he cool. should, considering he has Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle to throw to now. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like I it's, thought his he, pocket presence was okay last year. I thought that was actually the thing I was impressed the most with is he stayed composed. Um, but, no, I have not changed my mind on anyone. I, there's no preseason take where I'm like, oh, I, maybe I was wrong yet. There's no, none of my priors have been shifted. I still think everything. I don't know how you could like feel so strongly about a quarterback. And it's like, well, he had a couple of good throws in preseason. In pre-season. I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> me, with like, Zach Wilson, people are like jumping me because he hit some open throws against the Packers practice squad when they were like miscommunicate. Like there was a miscommunication on defense. <laughs> Someone's left wide open and he hits them like 30 yards down the field. People are like, bet, bet you really feel stupid now. Like, like maybe I will someday, but like, I mean, it's, if you like him, you should be like glad he's not screwing up, but like, I'm not going to yeah. change my mind based on something like against practice squad players. Like I'm not. So, and I, we're, we're seeing like every single quarterback, uh, or not every single quarterback, but tons of quarterbacks play really, really well. Nobody's changing their mind on like Mitch Trubisky. It's funny, like, since he's already designated as a bust, his performances are, well, that's just preseason. But if a quarterback who isn't proven one way or the other yet has a great performance, it's very telling about who they are as a player. Right, like, Theo, Kurt I really, in that Jets I, game I really had more impressive throws than, about, than Zach Wilson did, but, like, no one, and no, they shouldn't, but, like, no one is right. like, oh, man, Kurt Benkert can be a guy in this league. But if you're a first-round pick and you have that exact same game, people are like, wow. Um, so I no, really, I I really liked your tweet, Theo, about... Uh, the Bills, when Trubisky was going off, you're like, I should be running this team. That's my lifelong Bears fan. That's that's my my yeah, other that's alter, alter ego, ego where I'm a lifelong <laughs> Bears fan and I just talk shit about whatever. Every, every once in a while, yeah, every once in a while, uh, Theo will switch his profile picture to like a Bears logo and he'll change his name to lifelong Bears fan. And I have his notifications on. So I'll get a notification and I'll see the Bears. And I'm like, who is this? Every single time that gets me. And it'll just be me giving the Bears like bad Theo. advice. Like, uh, I really <laughs> think they need to draft Kyle Trask. He's the future is like, cause it's just, I don't like the Bears as a Packers fan, but uh, it's yeah. just funny. Um, it's, it's, I, it's I a would steal bit. your flow with like the st- and do that with the Steelers, but I won't. Yeah, you can. And then it was funny because Trubisky lit up the Bears in preseason, so I had to bring it. And of course, the lifelong Bears fan persona never thought Trubisky should have been let go. And so when <laughs> Mitch Trubisky was lighting up the Bears, lifelong Bears fan was vindicated. He was feeling very vindicated. Oh, man. Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of moving on with uh, other rookie quarterbacks. You know, Shanahan 
keeps doing this thing where he doesn't quite decide who's going to be the starter. And I think it's interesting we say that, oh, no one should really change their mind over preseason. I think coaches are the same way, where it's like, even if your rookie quarterback goes out and plays well, I don't think you really want to just be like, oh, well, you know, now, you know, I said Garoppolo was going to start, but now I'm going to start Trey Lance because I have to. I don't think I don't think you necessarily do. I do think everybody's a little bit caught up on what they would do versus what the 49ers are actually going to do when it comes to their quarterback situation. Like I, I would start Trey Lance, but I mean, if the 49ers are bad this year, Ty, like Shanahan is definitely on the hot seat and Lance has had some nice throws in preseason, but uh, there's a big difference between being ready to go week one and, and, you know, having nice throws in preseason. So. He also had some bad throws in preseason. Like, yeah, I, I, it's not that I'm against Lance starting week one. If that's what they choose to do, I'd be like, all right, cool. I can respect that. Um, but I do feel like the, like, I don't want to say anyone's assuming it, but a lot, I think people are, are thinking Lance starting week one is a little bit more likely than it might actually be. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a good amount last episode. My take hasn't changed. I do think it's interesting because Kyle Shanahan's career results don't quite line up with his reputation. Uh, Kyle Shanahan and Drew Locke have a very similar winning percentage as starters. Um, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan actually has a losing record as a head coach in the league. Um, I don't know. Even if he has another bad year, I, d- I don't think he gets fired after this year, even still. Um, no, I don't I don't think he'd get fired, but he'd definitely be on the hot seat. He'd be on the hot seat for the next season. Um, and that would be the Lance season, and that would probably really be where he goes. But I don't yeah, think I, could, I don't know. I could very easily see Garoppolo starting at least four to six games. I don't think that's totally unreasonable. Especially if he's especially if they just like run the ball and he doesn't really have an opportunity to play poorly. Um and Theo, we were talking about, or I guess you were talking about this a little early as I was trying to get get in and get my mic set up because I was coming in from class um, about that Big Ben throw. <laughs> yeah. Big Ben's another guy that was like looking good. He hit a big throw like 48 yards down the field and people were like, take that. People who say Big Ben has no arm strength. And it's like literally the weakest 48 yard throw I've ever seen. Like I, Theo Ash, can throw 45 yards down the field. I went to the Carleton College football field and I took a football and I threw it 45 yards. So I'm not impressed about a 45 air yard throw. I'm impressed with a 45 air yard throw if it goes like straight, like it's a bullet. All right. That's impressive arm strength. If it gets 48 yards and it's like a beach ball punch that goes way high up in the air and you can't just put it on a frozen rope. I don't think that's good arm strength. And this Big Ben throw looks like a punt and the wide receiver had to like stop. He looked up at the ball. He looked at the... uh, at the safety, look back up the ball. Like he was literally like waiting it there. And so like, no, that was not an example of elite big Ben arm strength. And, you know, even if it was, you know, like Matt said, you got to have that in December. Yeah. Yeah. That is one point I wanted to bring up with these old quarterbacks. The arm strength starts to fade as the season goes on. So the concern with a guy who's like, how old is big Ben? 38, 37, somewhere around there. Something like isn't, that. Yeah. Isn't about his arm being ready in August. It's about it keeping up and, and being all right when the playoffs come. And you saw the Steelers start to struggle towards the end of the season. And if, you know, big Ben, I don't know whether his arm is going to be improved or not. Uh, because I'm not taking the preseason super seriously one way or the other, but um, it's it, I'm more concerned about its durability rather than like one throw 
in August yeah. or whatever. You saw it with Breeze and you saw it with Philip Rivers. Yep. I remember they needed a Hail Mary. Rivers in the Colts in the playoffs last year, the Colts needed a Hail Mary. They had Rivers come in and throw it and it did not make it to the end zone. Like these old quarterbacks need to be sharp come the, like their arm is largely gone win the playoffs. Yeah, and that's how I feel about all these old quarterbacks. I think all of them are kind of like a little bit overrated. I guess Brady will be the exception to that. But Potentially um, Rodgers, too. He's he's also kind of old. But It's like if if their arm can't keep up for the playoffs, I think they're not worth much to any team. Um, Even if they're really good and smart and they can make the right plays a lot of the times. Drew Brees last year, it was brutal. The second that Jared Cook fumbled that ball, I'm like, this game is over because because they just will not be able to drive down the field. They cannot stretch the field at all. And that's what happened. It's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, I guess I guess. long story short is really we can't take the preseason all that seriously. No. We just can't. You have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, but I think it's about time we hop into to fantasy land. Um, we're going to go division by division over the entire week. Um, and that kind of leads us into some bonus episodes. But leading up into your fantasy season, we're going to be giving you predictions for, you know, locks and not Drew Lock, like fantasy locks um, and fantasy letdowns this year. You know, we're trying to avoid the obvious, um, the guys we always talk about. But uh, we're, again, like we said, we're going to go division by division. We're going to hit two divisions in the NFC today, the East and the West. And then uh, in the coming days, we're going to hit the NFC uh, north and south. And then, of course, we will hit the AFC later as well. We're going to start with everyone's least favorite division. They have a rep, a, they, a horrible, a horrible reputation, the NFC East. You know, uh, Matt, do you have a lock? Who, who do you think is just like guaranteed to be good in fantasy in the NFC East? Well, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think we just have to go with guys who are guaranteed to be good in fantasy. It's more like guys we just really like, either as sleepers or as locks. And I'll go with... Um, Devonta Smith. I think he's Ooh. looked really strong in preseason. Yeah. I know their offense isn't going to be great. I don't trust Jalen Hurts. He's a lot, my letdown. But he's, he's being <laughs> drafted as a, you know, at below wide receiver 32. So if you're in a 12-team league, you're getting him as like a, a, a flex player. Uh, and he's going to be a wide receiver one on his team. And he's looked really sharp in preseason. Uh, I don't think the upside there is terrible. I don't. I'm going to disagree with you right here because he was on my list as a fantasy letdown for the NFC East. And my concern with him is, A, he's already dealt with nagging injuries in the preseason. He weighs, which was a concern of him, weighing what he does. Um, Mm -hmm. Getting through a full 17-game season right now, I don't know if I would bet on it. I don't know if I would bet on it. He's also clearly the best wide receiving option on that team, which means he's going to see double coverage. He's going to see wide receiver cornerback. But that's, one. but that's, that's such a two way street with that stuff. Cause then it's like, well, if he wasn't the best receiver on his team, then it'd be like, he's going to lose targets to the number one guy. So I know I'd rather be getting covered. I guess, I guess, but I don't so know then if it's going to be like, a target hog either because there's Goddard and there's Zach Ertz and they're going to want to get, um, they're going to want to get um, Ragger involved. And I don't even know if he's going to be healthy. And I don't know if he's going to have good quarterback play. I think that there are guys behind him like Michael Pittman. Um, He's on my list of guys I'd rather have. Who else is there? Corey Davis is behind him. I saw Juju Smith-Schuster behind him. 
I think but that he's that, a little bit of a that's, letdown. That's, a, that's such a trap there. because then you could do that with any receiver where there's probably guys behind him that I like more. Like, I agree with you 100% on Corey Davis. I really like Juju. Uh, but I think Devonta Smith could be in line to get a ton of targets. I don't think that's I, I, unreasonable. I think the biggest issue with, D, with talking about, like, double covered and stuff is that he's going to be double covered not by, like, the number one corner and then their best safety. A lot of t- a lot of times when teams want to double someone, they move their number one corner over to the number two receiver, and then they double him with their kind of lesser. This, guy. this guy, this guy I, is a, is a is a rookie. What, he's going to get double covered game one. <laughs> I don't I buy this. And no. even even who's, if he does Quez get doubled, even, even if he's getting oh, so no, 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 wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So so when we're talking about him losing targets, he's got good people behind him. But when we're talking about him getting double covered, then who the hell else is on that team? It can't be both ways. <laughs> I don't know, but I think that I think that he's going to get doubled and not get that many targets or not as many targets as you think he's going to get just because he's a rookie and he's injury prone. So he might miss some. Games. I'll give you the injury prone. I'll give you that. I think I, I do think that's where the weight problem comes into effect. Everyone talks about him getting off the line. That's not what the weight concerns no, me about. It's he looks really good healthy. in his preseason game. I yeah. love Devontae Smith as the player that don't get me wrong here. It's just fantasy wise. I don't know if I'd trust him as like a wide receiver two or three, even maybe he, he's, he's not even he's I, I, I think he's worth a flyer as a as a wide receiver one. There are guys I like behind him more. Um, but I, I totally get taking a risk on him as a flex at something if the values there. I guess that's I fair. Suppose. Theo, I don't know. He who's was, your guy? My my first boom, or my first, yeah, my first guy is Zeke. It is. And I saw Ezekiel Elliott on the poll of executives. Some executive had Zeke ranked as the number one best running back in the league. And I would bet we, my life. You know who it is. <laughs> that was the Cowboys front office saying that. I think that Zeke is a, he's not a sexy pick. Um, he's a very hated on player, including by me. Uh, I could see him slipping because of that. Cause you want to yeah. draft someone who is like, has maybe a higher upside or looks sexier. And like, you want to say that you got him and you don't want to draft Zeke and have him have the year he did last year. But Zach Martin is coming back. Tyron Smith is coming back. Lyle Collins is coming back. It's going to be an offense that moves up and down the fields, lots of scoring opportunities. Pollard might be he might be a better running back than Zeke. I, I truly do believe that. Um, but I don't see him getting the fa- being that mattering in fantasy. I don't. So I think that Zeke right now is someone that is in honestly the elite tier of running backs with, with Derek Henry and, and those guys, I, I think that he's going to get that kind of opportunity. So Zeke is my guy that I think is, he's getting drafted at like worst case scenario for him. I think that he's, he's, going to be in the top five running backs for fantasy and when he was playing with Dak in the first five weeks he was averaging over 100 yards per game and he had six touchdowns in five weeks when he was playing with with Dak in that offense to begin um he really took a hit later in the year but yeah I, like him. I mean so much of what makes a running back good for fantasy is what they have around them um so I mean like we're not even worried necessarily about whether you think Ezekiel Elliott is like the fifth most talented running back in the league or whatever uh, but his situation has gotten so much ridiculously better uh, with an offensive line and now now a quarterback or whatever. And I, I agree. I've been talking to a lot of people who are low on Zeke because they're scared of Tony Pollard. Dude, there's no... They're paying Ezekiel Elliott $15 million. This guy would have to be 
a disaster for Tony Pollard to start getting more. That's, that's my biggest concern is if Zeke comes out and is just a fumble issue again, like if he's turning the ball over a lot, then I could see Pollard getting a bunch of touches. Um, but you, Matt, you know better than anyone, you know, with Christian McCaffrey making as much money as he is, they're, they're going to give him the rock. They're, they're good. I, I, I think the fumble issues, I mean, how many times did he really fumble last year? I don't know. Dude. I think, I think it's like, yeah, it's like, I, I, I a hundred percent agree, but anybody who's worried about the Pollard stuff is probably more thinking about what they would do. Like maybe they would give Pollard more touches rather than what the Cowboys are going to do. And that's, that's a trap that you can fall into fantasy with a lot. I wouldn't give this guy a trillion touches um, because of the fumble issues or because he was rough last year. Uh, but the Cowboys are, and I do yeah. think he'll be better. As well. I think I think Zeke, he's getting drafted. I think is like running back six or seven right now. I think he is a lock. Like when we're talking fantasy locks, I think he's essentially a lock to be running back six or seven. Like I, I don't see him finishing like way out unless he gets hurt. Because I mean, even disaster year last year, everything went wrong. Fumble issue, worst season of his career. All the help around him was gone. Running back eleven. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that is the, the ultimate 10. floor season for him. Yeah. That, no, that, Theo, you're probably right about yeah. that. And I get uh, that there's a lot of wide receiver mouths to feed. That's the other thing is like, oh, is Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup going to get all these things? It's like, yeah, they might, but I think it's just going to be an offense with a lot of yards in general. You know, like, yeah. I think that this is yeah. just an offense yep. that's going to be flying up and down the field. And, you know, there's not a, there's unlimited yards. You can pick up as many as you, as you want. Like, if you're a good <laughs> offense, like, I think that Zeke will get his. I really do. And um, he's one of them. I've got one more, but Bladen, who's yeah. your guy? Um, do you, you have one more on Dallas? No, I have one more in the NFC. Oh, okay. I was about to say, because I'm about to hit a Dallas guy also. Um, I'll take my guy, man. I, I hope your guy's not Amari Cooper. I hope your guy's not Amari Cooper. Like, okay. I mean, he's one of the best route runners in the league. You know, he's going to have Dak back. There is no... I Legitimately, I think he can make a push to be, you know one of the like top five receivers in yards this year. The only, the only thing that's going to hurt, the only thing that's going to hurt him is like CD lambs also awesome. And I, there may just be too many guys on that team. Well, he's been, what I've seen is he's been getting drafted about wide receiver 18. I think is the ADP that I saw. Yeah. Last year year with Andy Dalton and the offense with rough, he finished at 16. Um, and I, I just, he's a guy who's done you know, it for okay. a long time. I believe maybe, in him a lot. I, so he's my lock, but I don't, I don't know if he's maybe top, a top yeah, five. Top five unless, might unless be a little bit of a stretch. You get some like touchdown craziness, yeah. which every year there's a guy who does. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like Amari Cooper has all the, you know, the assets as far as talent wise and skill set. You know, I mean, him and Lamb both, you know, are, are going to be really good. But, you know, if I had to pick anyone to really trust as a wide receiver one in fantasy or even, you know, wide receiver two, Amari Cooper is a guy. I, I really, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful not to underrate these guys who maybe aren't as exciting because they've just been so consistent yeah. for a while. And Amari Cooper is one of those dudes who just put a gold star by him. If he falls to you and you get like good value on him, take him. Because he's gonna be yep. a solid guy. You're not gonna be upset that you drafted Amari Cooper. And it's like, okay, trade. are you are you legit? Are you taking Adam Thielen over Amari Cooper? No, but I haven't seen his ADP be above Amari Cooper. Uh, I think Amari Cooper is 18. Thielen is 16. Um, I I don't know if I would take 
I mean, maybe you could take Evans over because of like the red zone threat. Maybe he gets a lot of touchdowns. Mike Evans. Yeah. I think Mike Evans kind of had a lot of touchdowns last year. 13. That's what, that's what is he going to repeat on that? I don't know. That's a big. That's Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Is Mike Evans is kind of a I, touchdown I know, monster. I know that when I've done gone through mock drafts and my fantasy drafts, I'm always pleasantly surprised to see Amari Cooper there later than I thought he'd be because yeah. I yep. always think I agree with you guys <laughs> that he's kind of a lock at his ADP to not be a horrible pick. Like he's always kind of a pleasant surprise. Like, oh, Amari Cooper is still there. He's a solid yeah. wide receiver in a great offense. He's going to put up numbers at where he's getting drafted. Yeah, no, I love Amari Cooper. All right, let's hop into letdowns real quick. Matt, who's your first letdown for the NFC East? All right, don't draft Miles Sanders. He's not a bad player. He's very talented, <laughs> um, but you're going to hate yourself because this guy, if Miles Sanders was on a team that would run him consistently, we wouldn't be talking about this, but he is not. The Eagles refuse to do that. They are one of the most like committed to running back by committee teams in the league. And I know you look at that backfield and you're like, there's nobody who I'm really scared of. Doesn't matter. Kenneth Gainwell is probably going to get touches. Boston Scott gets touches. That offense, I don't trust him to score a ton. Uh, and it's it's just, it's not any fun. Uh, he, he's a little injury prone. So you're worried about injuries. You're worried about him actually getting the ball enough. He had some drop problems. There's too many things that make him frustrating to get for me to like want to draft him. Uh, I, I will say that like he's probably he's getting drafted around where his he finished last year in fantasy. I don't think he's horrible value or anything. But if you're drafting him and expecting huge things out of him because of his talent, I can't blame you. I just think that. It gets like I I have Sanders in a league in my dynasty league kills me. It just kills me. He never gets the touches. And it's like I'll be watching an Eagles game. I'm like, who's out there? And it's Boston Scott. So, yeah, no, I, I, I understand it. It's it's I have a I have a I have a letdown on here. Kind of the same reason. Um, well, mo- mostly more the injury side, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I like Miles Sanders. Screw you. I like him. I think that he has more receiving upside than people think. I think last year was kind of a weird year for him. Um, He's getting drafted where he finished last year, right? And I can't imagine he has a worse year this year than he did last year. I mean, he was a mess in the receiving game. His yards per target went from 8.1 to 3.8. He added 500 yards in the passing game, and it was under 200 last year. I think that he is going to exceed pretty easily the like running back 20 spot that he's at right now. As someone, and like, yes, Kenneth Gainwell is there. Yes, Boston Scott is there. But I still think that he is going to get enough carries. Like, who's directly below him? It's like Miles Gaskin and like Kareem Hunt were in like the biggest backfield splits of all time. He's at least clearly the best running back on his team. And he is someone with receiving upside. And he's someone with, you know, rushing upside too. He's not bad at it. So I think that where he's getting drafted... I think, I think, I think expecting him to repeat that eight point one number is pretty. It is, but it's going to be big. somewhere between. It's going to be in, somewhere in between um, where he's probably in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. But, but I don't think that he's going to let down with where he is. Like he is, for him to let down, it would have to be a pretty much a disaster. For him to be better, I think it's it's much more likely that that happens than, than him finishing his like below miles. The, the, or something the one thing I will say positive about Sanders is I don't see the Eagles trusting Jalen hurts enough to kind of 
take chances and push the ball downfield. So when they do throw the ball, I feel like it's going to be a lot of the a lot one of thing stuff I will. Sanders. Yeah, I guess I'll give you that. I really think they're going to work in Boston Scott more. The one thing that I guess I didn't consider is having if if Jalen Hurts actually plays the whole season, which is a big question mark because the <laughs> if Eagles he stays team, blah, on the blah, blah, team blah. for the whole if, season, if, if, if he if he's there, the rushing the help in the rushing game that you get when you have a threat like that just on the field is big time. And Miles Sanders is very talented. He's very capable of breaking off big runs like that. Um, but I just, I, I don't trust him to stay healthy. And I, the Eagles are so weird about giving him the ball and the drop issues. I can see, yeah, I, I, I guess I can see where you're coming from. But there's a lot of things that make me nervous about him, even though I believe in the talent. My my other bust is another Eagles guy, and it's Goddard. It's their pass catchers that I just don't trust with the passing game. I Goddard has Ertz. Ertz is still there. Everyone thought he'd get traded. People are acting like he retired or something. He's still there, and he's still going to get a decent amount of targets, I feel. Um, they, added, they did add Devontae Smith, who will get a decent amount of targets. Goddard is getting drafted above Irv Smith of the Vikings. He's getting drafted above Jonu Smith of the Patriots, Noah Fant, Mike Gesicki, Robert Tanyan. Like, I just don't know if Goddard is going to put up the numbers needed to be better than where he's getting drafted I mean, or better than those guys. I think, I think with Ertz there, and they probably will be near the bottom of the league in passing yards and touchdowns. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I there's a Zach lot of Ertz tight ends. Was, was really awful last year. Yeah, I mean, he was. He was. I mean, he was catching probably under five yards a target. Um, yep. like running back numbers <laughs> at that point. Um, and I I think Dallas Goddard is is relatively talented. The thing with tight ends is that you really don't need that many touches to become fantasy relevant. Um, and I, the way I see it, like. The offense is probably going to be bad, so the touchdown, the touchdown upside is probably what I'm worried about with him more than him getting enough targets because last year, Zach Ertz had more targets than him. I, I'm, I'm predicting that flips. I bet you Goddard ends up getting more targets than Zach It'll Ertz. It'll flip, but if you're going to get a running back or a tight end in like the middle rounds, like I just don't think that's a strategy. No, he would, not be, go, he would not be who I'd pick. Either I pick you a tight go end on like, with a tight end really early and you get one of the big three. If you do one, get... If you do get one in the middle, you probably should target Hawkinson. Yeah. And then if you don't get that, like, I like a lot of the sleeper tight ends. I like Irv Smith's situation. I like Robert Tanyan. I yeah. like Gasicki yeah. a lot. I like Gasicki yeah. a lot where he's getting picked. Yeah. So it's just like Goddard is just in this weird middle zone where it's like, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't love see where, him. I don't yeah. see where the strategy would be like, get Goddard when you could wait some rounds, get someone I like just as much or more and uh, take them instead. I just don't see Goddard fitting into my, like, fantasy. Yeah. The other, but I don't know if you had somebody, but. Yeah, I I have a, I do have a letdown for the East. Um, I'm really, I'm really low on several running backs, but in particular, Saquon Barkley, like, gives me nightmares to draft. Like, I. (laughs) That is a very, that situation me nervous it's, it's like Saquon's always had injury issues that's not that's not like a new thing that he's just like oh now he's gotten hurt like one time no he's always been kind of banged up and there was a guy last year around you know early off season preseason kind of deal 
where he made a TikTok saying that uh, Christian McCaffrey was going to get hurt. And then he made a video like celebrating when he got hurt. And I bashed him for that. But like, dude was right. When you're getting this kind of volume and you're like already like showing signs of injury issues, it, it is scary like to draft a guy like well, that. And <laughs> Saquon Barkley is dependent on volume. All running backs are dependent on getting yeah, big volume. Saquon exactly. Barkley is no different, particularly because not a talent issue is obviously not the problem with him. No, uh, but his offensive line is not good. It's really rough. <laughs> so you need him to get a lot of carries. The problem is, is that he's coming off a major injury, which would make me not want to give him a lot of carries. What I've heard is, is that they're going to work him in slowly. And then they're going to about around week five. They're going to really get him back to back to full speed. But I just, that you're risking your whole team because he's still a first round pick you're risking it all yeah. on him not just second falls, overall pick not just a first round pick second overall who is taking him second overall no i'm saying he was draft oh you're talking about him oh, yeah, yeah 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 so you're risking <laughs> you're risking a first round draft pick on a guy with with big time injury problems i don't know the talent's there i can't blame you going like there is a point where if he slips a little bit because of this you'd go him but yeah, once you get like late first round, I do think that he's worth a shot. But I talked about Zeke already. I bet you in most fantasy leagues, Saquon probably goes before Zeke. I bet yes. you that's just the second Z year pick. Saquon's and ADP is seven, Zeke's is six. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it both ways. It really yeah. depends on that. It really depends. I, depe on I bet you in most leagues with your friends, <laughs> Saquon is going before Zeke. Oh, it depends. Do you have a but Cowboy just, fan? Yeah, <laughs> a Giant <laughs> picking five or a Giant fan? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I, I do agree with you slightly. I do think that, you know, he is just the engine of that offense. And if he can stay healthy, like I, I know Adrian Peterson came back from an ACL injury and, and with, but Adrian Peterson's also like once in a generation, it's, it's not even, it's not even him coming back from the injury that scares me, which maybe that that's even another reason why you should stay away. It, it's just like, if the giants are worried about him getting hurt, then he, that's killing his value right there. Sa if Saquon, there's so said, Peterson and Saquon, like Saquon's kind of got that generational type of talent too. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's okay. the thing I'll where give, it's like, I don't know. I'll give you that. I, I think that he's getting drafted kind of properly. I do see the injury concerns, but like he is going to, okay, he would, is a would, generational would, type of talent getting a sh shit ton of opportunities. So like, would, would you rather have nice. Jonathan Taylor or Saquon? rather have Saquon. Saquon. Okay. You know, Marlon Mack kind of scares me, man. I, I, I don't know what that team is going to look like that Aaron Jones. I, personally, my philosophy with my first pick and running backs is I don't like to be the risk taker. I think you can win your fantasy league. If you just, you get a bell cow guy and then you figure it out from there and Saquon, he's like, I totally see the scenario where, yeah, they just give him the ball a ton. He wins you your league or whatever. But, um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know how he's going to recover from his injury. So unless yeah, he falls to me a good value, I'm not going to reach for him. I yeah. would take him back of the first, maybe beginning and like beginning of the second, if he's there, but if he, but if it's like pick five or six, I, I'm not pulling on him. I'm, I'm really not. Uh, but moving on to our second set of locks, Matt, do you have a, do you have a, another guy that you're really excited about this year? Well, you took my second guy. Can I do an, another guy that I don't trust? Is it 
I have is a that lock, against, and it might be the same guy the that you don't trust, <laughs> considering the conversations we had in Vegas. Go crazy. Is it Terry McLaurin, the guy that you don't trust? Because he's no, my lock. I'm not. I'm not an anti-Terry McLaurin guy. I just thought his ADP at ten was was pretty high. I want to make it clear. I think my best all-time draft take was I was high on Terry McLaurin when he was like projected to go undrafted. That guy is a baller and he's on my team and I love him. And he just, he just beats top corners. I was just surprised to see him uh, at 10 ADP. I thought that was, a, that's a little high. Yeah. I think that he can finish it in the top 10 for wide receivers. He was in such a nightmare scenario last year. The Washington quarterback situation. That's very sucked. true. It sucked. You know, JD McKissick got double digit targets five times in the last nine games. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Terry McLaurin, that. yeah. Terry McLaurin <laughs> got five double-digit target games total. They finished with the same amount. And it's like you get this, he runs like a 4.3 and his route running is clean as clean as hell. And you got a guy who can't hit him deep. Now, at least Ryan Fitzpatrick is willing to take those shots. So, like you think about what he was doing. Let's say he finishes with like 150 targets instead of like 130 where he was at last year because they're not going to be checked down machine at quarterback. So let's say he finishes at like 150. His yards per target goes up a little bit because he's getting targeted deeper down the field. He was at almost 10 yards per target his rookie season. Let's say it gets up to like nine or nine and a half. I mean, you're talking about a 1400 yard season from him. And it's like, Curtis Samuel is Curtis Samuel, but like he's kind of the only guy there. Like, well, Curtis no, Samuel's no, hurt. Curtis Curtis Samuel is is a nice player. He's, he's very right good, now. and you can say what you want, but Curtis Samuel was in a bad spot last year with uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, and he was the third receiver on that team in targets, and he still finished with a thousand yards. Curtis Samuel is a great player, and I think his ADP is something insanely low. I would very much look at him. Curtis too. Samuel is my big thing with Terry McLaurin. Looking at him now, yeah, that's nuts. He's way better than that. He is better than the forty seventh receiver in the league. I guarantee it. And right, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say with McLaurin, looking at his numbers. Um, talent is not the issue with him. His situation is upgraded and it's really hard to imagine that he doesn't beat four touchdowns by a lot. Right. That's the other that thing. Is a, that seems like that. He's, that seems like we talk about guys who get too many touchdowns and you're like, I don't know if he can get 15 again. I don't know if he's going to get four again. I really don't buy that. No, I think he's gifted. I think that the room for growth there is screaming at me. And I feel like if you're getting someone, you know, his ADP, is 10. I, I would be surprised. That one seems a little bit high for me. I, the list I saw him at was like at 14. I think that's, a I guess I was, more. I guess I was more surprised to see him at 10 because I didn't think everyone else was quite as high on him than I yeah. was like, he doesn't deserve to be getting drafted high. He's awesome. No, I think that he's a pretty much a lock to be top 14 as like a really good player as kind of the clear top dog with a better situation considering what he did last year. I, th I think it's. I think that he's kind of going to have a good season, pretty much guaranteed. I, I think he's a lock. I would take him. Well, I don't. I don't know Curtis. I don't know Curtis Samuel's uh, injury no right one now. Really does, um, but at forty-seven, and if the injury even bumps him down from there, and you can get him as a backup, that's a risk worth taking. That is one hundred percent a risk worth taking. I think. Uh, so if you want to give me another lock, that'd be one. I guess that's not a lock because okay. he's hurt and we don't know the injury. But I like him. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll give you guys one more. 
Um, you know, everyone talks about with the Giants. They have Kenny Galladay, who's great. And, you know, I know Giants fans are really excited about Kadarius Tony. Did Sterling Shepard just, like, fall off the face of the earth? He just became, like, wide receiver, like, nine on that team. <laughs> I, Sterling's... No, like, you can't tell me Sterling Shepard's a bad receiver. Like, last year, I, I just looked at this. He was the NFC East's highest graded um, in terms of, like, their receiving grades. He was their high. He was the highest graded receiver in the NFC East, and he's being drafted at like what is it? He's, he's being a, drafted PFF wide receiver sixty two. PFF grade doesn't give you fantasy points. <laughs> you I, know? I'm, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In terms of like a good receiver, and he's being drafted at wide receiver sixty two. He's being drafted below Bateman, Elijah Moore, Nelson Aguilar, AJ Green, Russell Gage, Cole Beats, like. Some of those guys, I'll I'll give you. Maybe I would go with Shepard Russell over Gage. Them. I would <laughs> go with Russell Gage. Is is wide receiver two on probably a better offense? I would or say, but rece- receiving threat three. I don't think Gage. Oh, is oh, 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 I will. I will one hundred percent take Russell Gage. Will probably get more targets than Sterling Shepard, and he's probably in a better passing offense than Sterling Shepard. Uh, Marvin Jones. The with that. Marvin Jones. Mar- wasn't Marvin Jones really strong last year? Uh, Where did Marvin yeah, Jones finish in half T.Y. Hilton. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think Sterling Shepard's targets will go up or down? Down. You can only think down, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. he had 90 last year. He had six. He's never beaten 900 yards in a season. I don't see the, I don't see yeah. a super big upside with him outside of, like, injuries. He's not a bad player. I think he's a useful guy for the Giants, like, kind of the same way Randall Cobb was maybe for the Packers. Didn't, like, wait, wait, hold on. Didn't he only play? He only played 12 games last year. And he only played he 10 the year before. Again, so, okay. being, being his numbers <laughs> being skewed down because he was hurt. Doesn't help yeah. him because then he was hurt. Yeah. Okay. He's a nice but little player. The last time he played, played a full runner. season three years ago, he had 107 targets. If he plays the whole year, I would give him at least 110, 120. No. With Galladay no and Tony and okay. Saquon and, and healthy. Saquon and back. You don't even believe that, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I'm getting booed off the stage. This is crazy. Yeah. Giants fans are going to love me for this one. I guarantee it. It's not It's not a talent thing with yeah, Sterling. Like his, They spent big money on a wide receiver and then drafted one in the first round. And the passing yeah. offense isn't even good. Yeah, Daniel Jones threw 11 <laughs> touchdowns last year. There might not be a yeah, ton to I, go I, around. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and for those very reasons, my bust, and he's not being drafted that highly, but Evan Ingram, dude. Well, okay, that, being, is a ta- that is a talent issue, first of all. Yes. First off, <laughs> if a team's fan base is calling one of their own players bad, they are right. They don't like they never are lying about this. And Evan Ingram really can't catch. Uh, I've I've seen several videos on it. It's so funny because it's it's like for years, Evan Ingram was like viewed as this like good tight end. And he never was. And I tweeted one time, like, I don't think I've actually ever seen Evan Ingram have a good play. And he was always (laughs) someone that was like a top 10. Like, this guy's a good tight end. He's he never has been. Like, so, I've never seen him catching football ever in my life. Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram was finished as tight end 16 last year, being drafted as tight end 14. For what? <laughs> what is making people say he's going to do better? Maybe I he's going to get traded. <laughs> yeah, if he, he, maybe he gets traded and goes to another team. Uh, 
I mean, outside of like maybe some like touchdown craziness, I don't see it with him. I think they added guys who they're going to want to give targets to. He is going to be on the field, but uh, I I don't think the Giants are better with him on the field. I think they have a lot of receivers that they're going to like. I would be they. I think they're. I, I agree. Sterling Shepard might be their fourth guy, or maybe it's Tony. But I, I'd I'd want to see them on the field a lot. They got Barkley back. It just seems like he's in line to get less work, if anything. And I don't trust the talent to keep him getting. Uh, targets on a passing offense that I don't trust with a ton of targets. That yeah. it just seems all downside at 14. I think he's getting drafted off being in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and the Pro Bowl we already know is a uh, nonsense. People always and there's a reason he got in the Pro Bowl, and it's because people have this misconception that he's like a dangerous weapon in the passing game, and maybe has some. He's not. He never has been. He always gets drafted like this, and he never lives up to it. And that's why he made the Pro Bowl in the first place. It wasn't Giants fans voting for him. They they all hate him. Like they all hate him. Like the least favorite Giant. Ever you can vote literally fans. anyone but into the Pro Bowl. It's everyone else. Yeah. It's it's all the other people who it's, he's getting. I think it's still based on where he got drafted and like his his like. Oh, he's going to he be this, drafted like, really. He high. was supposed to be Darren Waller, but he's not Darren yep. Waller. Yep. But yep. No. that's why it's still that hope that is getting him drafted, and it's not happening. Anyway, we got to move on to the next division. Oh, uh, Theo, did you not have another letdown you wanted to give, or no? Do you want to just move on? What? Who is it? Real quick. Uh, well, no, I was saying if you had one. Oh, uh, no, it was just Goddard and Devonte Smith were my two letdowns. Let's do it. Let's go. All right, let's. Yeah, we can move on. We can move on. Uh, NFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, widely, funny. We went from widely considered the worst division to now widely considered the best division in the NFL with the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. Matt, uh, who do you really love in this division? I think uh, I think there's some really strong quarterback options, and I'm going to make both of you mad yeah. because I know both of you guys probably have one of these quarterbacks on your list. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, screw you. All right, okay. Hey, well, dude. we can agree. We can we can gush. We can agree. Look, Russell Wilson's <laughs> being drafted as quarterback six. He's got the solid rushing upside. Uh, he's got great weapons, uh, and. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you other than that. Russell Wilson has done it for so long, so consistently. Every time I've had him on a fantasy team, I've been happy about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, and I, I do, I do think the Seahawks offense looks pretty great on paper right now. I think that they're going to have one of the best offenses in the league. I really do. I think that th- I know Shoddy was probably. I don't know if their offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer really deserved to be fired like he was, but the guy they replaced him with, I think, is a really good fit for what. Russell Wilson is good at, which is under center. He's always had good results there. They're going to go more up tempo, which means more plays, which means more yards with Dwayne Eskridge, who they added, mm-hmm. Gerald Everett, plus the core of an already strong DK Metcalf and Tyler yep. Lockett. Like it should be one of the top five offenses in the league. And it, Russell Wilson, they did Russell Wilson hit 40 touchdowns last year? I think uh, he I'm, might. I'm not sh- I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, I'll look it up. And it's he's getting drafted a solid two rounds after Kyler Murray. It's yeah, like, that has been the big thing for him. I feel he like he's why, he's quarterback six. Maybe you sit there and you're like, that's fair. But the value on him at quarterback six is is great. I mean, I'm I'm looking at some of these other guys where it's like he was eight points behind Patrick Mahomes last year. You know, stuff yeah, like right. that. And you can you can get a big discount on him. You can be drafting him several rounds behind some of the other guys. Uh, so if you swing around and you get him with the rushing upside and the offense is good and I, they added to the passing game, 
uh, and then you don't trust the defense so much there, great, perfect. That's even better. More plays the only for the thing, offense. The only thing you might be worried about is his late season performance, um, especially like come playoff time, you know, for like fantasy leagues, because that was an issue last year. Was he didn't he was like, he was obviously so good, right? But he wasn't like oh he's the MVP. Right? Yeah, and that's kind of that is a yeah. problem. His his I don't know if it is, and it's not even I think a late season thing for him consistently. I think it's just like sometimes when he has to throw the football a whole lot, he's just so crazy and like will run around in a circle and then throw it 70 yards down the field. Like mm-hmm. he's just going to have some stretches of bad games when that's the way that he plays. But yeah. I think he's going to be doing that less this year because of the more structured offense that he's in. And I think he still is. I think that if Russell Wilson is going to win MVP, it's going to happen this year. I, I think that he's kind of a sneaky bet to win MVP because he's never gotten a vote. I think he's going to put up that kind of season again this year. Cause I mean, he wasn't that far off from winning MVP last year. Like even though yeah. he was like kind of added some bad games at the end, like he was the front runner to like until a decent way yeah, through the season. He was a front runner for a while. There's just, there just aren't a lot of guys who are going to pass for 4k, uh, throw 40 touchdowns and then run for 500 as well. On top of that. No, yeah. he's, he's, he's wonderful. And my other, my other lock is I'm staying high on the Seahawks offense, kind of similar to Zeke. But I think Chris Carson is yeah. a guy yeah. where it's like, again, you've got an offense that's going to be in the red zone a lot, moving up and down the field a lot. He's a guy that finished, he's getting drafted as like running back 18 right now. He finished running back 19 last year. And I forgot that he played last year. Outside of that, he's been like running back like 12 and 14 or something like that. I think if you draft him as what is running back 18, he's not just going to finish like worse than that. Like he's only, he might finish at that. Um, but he's a lock to not disappoint you at that level because I feel like he's someone that Pete Carroll is literally in love with. Um, I guess Rashad Penny might still break out, but I'm not too concerned about it. (laughs) I'm not too concerned about it. So I like him at where he's at, and his history suggests he'll be above that. His talent level suggests he'll be above that, and that offense Mm -hmm. should have plenty of, you know, touchdowns to go around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at uh, his, like, total snaps – and I was like concerned because it was like only like 440, but it's like not all that different than like Nick Chubbs and Nick Chubb is getting drafted way higher. It's not all that different than Naeem Hines or Antonio Gibson. So, yeah, yeah I that, mean, that was the only thing I was going to I'm big on about. him. I, I think I think he will have a better year this year than he did last year. And he's getting well, drafted like he's going to do yeah. like how he did last year. <laughs> and which wasn't even that bad. Like, right. I, I, not, not fantasy related, but I thought the deal that they got bringing Carson back, I think they just paid $5 million a year. I think it's just like $2.7 million this year for Carson. I thought that was really strong. He's a great pick. Yeah, no, that's a really good deal. I'm going to stick with the quarterbacks. Um, we, I, figure, I figure it was going to happen even. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Come on. I, he's already my Dark Horse MVP pick. He has to be my... Uh, he has to be my fantasy lock as well. Bro, you want to talk about an offense that's going to be high-paced? It's going to be the Cardinals. They're going to have a full offseason to get that stuff together. They're going to run so many plays, bro. Kyler Murray is... <laughs> I, I'm so excited about Kyler. I don't no know, idea. dude. That's just such a like, funny way to put it. They're going to play a lot of football. He's going to be on the team. I'm so excited about Kyler Murray. Like, outside, outside of my favorite football team, which I will not name... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kyler Murray is probably who I'm most excited about. The, and like the Rams, maybe. I mean, dude was putting up like 
running back numbers rushing <laughs> last year. I and mean, we had like 140 <laughs> carries, like 800 yards, double digit rushing touchdowns. He's stupid. Um, just silly. And then he almost passed for 4K. I think the offense will be better. I think him with another, if he doesn't He'll get be injured, healthy. if he doesn't get injured this year, which is a, you know, he's a smaller guy. It does worry yeah. me a little bit the, about the that. Old, but. The only thing, I think he'll be okay just because, again, having that full offseason to kind of prepare. The only thing is that he does shift around in the pocket to kind of find those throwing windows. But he gets the ball out pretty quickly. So usually those don't end in, like, you know, devastating hits. Usually those end in, like, oh, batted at the line of scrimmage. Kyler's problems are more like real football problems than fantasy football problems, where his height, I (laughs) think, kind of prevents him from making quick throws over the middle of the field because – He's just short and like that. Yeah. So that's my, that's like the Kyler Murray I, problem. I think Kyler would get the ball out. I think Kyler would have the fastest release in football if he were like 6'3". But yeah, and it's, it's, but that's like more of a, like a real football problem than like a fantasy yeah. football problem. Cause the rushing upside, the passing upside, the offense upside is all there and he's getting drafted pretty high. So yeah, I think, I think that he's a, he's a good safe quarterback. Um, yeah, no, Kyler's yeah, going to be I would awesome. agree. All right. Letdowns. Who do, who, do we, who do we hate in the NFC West? <laughs> hate him. Matt? <laughs> Daryl Henderson is somebody who I do not trust. Um, he is being drafted right now because there's the upside of like, well, Cam Akers gets hurt. He's the guy. That team's going to run the ball. Maybe he'll get a ton of touches. But I don't really think the Rams want to do that. They drafted Henderson, and then the next year they go out and get another running back, and he wasn't going to get t- he wasn't going to get touches until Cam Akers got hurt, and it's like now all of a sudden this situation has unfolded. But I can totally see a scenario where Xavier Jones or Jake Funk get more carries than people are expecting, uh, or like they make a trade because they're a competitive team that's trying to win now, and if they feel like Daryl Henderson's holding them back at all, I'm confident. They will make a move to try to go get somebody else to bring in. And he's a guy where you very much only like him because of the situation. And I'm not against situation guys. Cause I say how important getting carries is. And like, maybe it just works out that way, but I don't think the Rams really believe him. And in the same way, it's like, I think this is the same uh, logic applies to Mike Davis, right? He's in line to get a bunch of carries. But the difference there is that the Falcons chose this off season to go and get Mike Davis because they that showing that they believe in him and there isn't much behind them. With Daryl Henderson, the Rams' plan was not to have him be the guy and go out there and get a bunch of touches until a big injury happened. And I just feel like you're one move away from a guy who you'd be drafting to be a running back to to be somebody who you really don't like. And I just don't trust that, even if the upside of him being the guy is there. Yeah, Matt, I don't even vibes. think you. I don't even think you had to go into all of that. They went out and gave it all. They went all in on Stafford. They're not going to be a run first team. It doesn't matter about them being a run first team. Like you don't need to be a run first team to give all the touches to somebody. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But I just but don't like, think like I just don't think that they if it was them committed to Henderson since the start of the offseason, we'd be talking about something different. But if I'm the Rams, I'm sitting there and we look really good, but the run game isn't quite how I want it because I don't like Henderson, I would go make a big move for some for some other running back, James Robinson, whoever it had to be. Um, running back yeah. is the easiest position to trade for because it has the least value, and the Rams would be very James Robinson to the Rams. I kind of like that. James, I, I, I would do that. that's that's the move that I want to happen the most right now. Um, I, I think like we're, so. Running lot. backs are easy to trade for. Rams are in super, super, super win now mode, and 
the uh, a lot of the backups have looked really good in camp and preseason so far. So I'm just not touching that even with the upside. Yeah, he has bad vibes. And he's someone I traded for last year because he got off to a good start and then they replaced him with Cam Akers and it was a bad trade by me. <laughs> I did I did, I did, did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to stick with the running back theme. I'm going to try to give a two-for-one deal. There are two running backs in the NFC West that are running backs by committee getting drafted before their counterpart that I don't think is as good as their counterpart. And those two are Trey Sermon and Chase Edmonds. I think that Raheem You took Mostert, my guy. I think Trey Sermon and Raheem, I think Raheem Mostert is a better running back than Trey Sermon. Um, He's the fastest running back in the league, maybe Raheem Mostert, if you trust next gen's uh, speed (laughs) charting where Raheem Mostert is always at the top of it. Um, I saw him single-handedly, or I guess with the help of his offensive line, beat the Packers carrying the 49ers to a Super Bowl. I think a healthy Raheem Mostert is a good fantasy option. I think that Trey Sermon is going to, at the very least, if he's, I mean, even if Trey Sermon is getting more carries than Raheem Mostert, that's like a 50-50 split. And I don't even think he will get more carries than Raheem Mostert. So the the fact that I see Sermon going, and I don't know if, I really don't know if Sermon is as talented as Mostert, just because Mostert has that great game-breaking speed. And, you know, Sermon ran like a 4.7. He's got good vision and agility and everything. But Mostert really is, a very good running back and he's got the receiving upside. I don't know. I like, I like Mostert a little bit more than I like Sermon, but Sermon's the one getting drafted higher. And then in Arizona, I just don't see Edmonds as it. I see there's Connor and Edmonds and Connor is a lead back more than Edmonds is in my opinion. Like James Connor is slandered as he gets for being, you know, what he was in Pittsburgh. I think a lot of that is the fault of the offensive line. I think that they're going to need a guy that can just run people over because when you're defending Kyler and Cliff, the way to beat him and the and another contributing factor other than Kyler's shoulder was the fact that everyone went light boxes against them and they couldn't run anyone over. So now you got James Conner. He can do that. He breaks a lot of tackles. I think he's going to be the guy who gets more carries and all the goal line carries. So I like James Conner more in fantasy and I like uh, Raheem Mostert more. So those are so that means obviously Sermon yeah. and yeah. Edmonds are the guy I'm low. Yeah, I had Sermon I, I, on here as well. I'm also a little bit scared. I don't know. Maybe this is super biased, but I think <laughs> collarbone injuries are really likely to get re-injured. I don't trust a running back with a collarbone injury. Matt, why do you say that? Because it happened to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just, I don't know. It, it scares me a little bit more than it should. And I think that it's a running back by committee. And I think that even like 50-50 split, I think the 49ers are probably going to use more than two running backs. Right. So That's, it's just, there's just so didn't a Aaron Rodgers break his collarbone? Didn't Twice. Aaron Rodgers break his? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. It is just, it's just something. I don't know. Some, uh, I think he's my a mom also guy. broke was, her collarbone multiple times. I think she broke it three times. So it it's just yeah. seems like a, a type of injury that might get re-injured. Um, he never, and this is a guy who has never had a big workload. Uh, not in college. He didn't. Uh, and he transferred and then he didn't, he like, I think his draft capital was like all based on those last two or three games that he had for Iowa state. And he was really good. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to make it out like he wasn't, but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of ways that could go bad. I guess he'd be in draft is running back 30. So like that's how it is, but I'd rather well, have Mostert than him and most my, my letdowns. I'm a, Theo, you kind of did a two for one. I'm going to do, um, 
maybe this is like a four or like a five for one. <laughs> basically Jeez. all basically all rookie quarterbacks except for maybe Trevor Lawrence. Um, if you're taking mm. like if you take Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, or Zach Wilson above like Matt Ryan, who I think is gonna throw a lot this year, above um, I think even Derek Carr or Cam Newton. Cam Newton's the only one I would consider not taking just because he could at some point get benched this year. If you take any of those guys, I, would, I wouldn't even take him over like this, Baker. This, this, this guy just makes stuff up. He drafted Trey Lance yesterday in a league I was in. I drafted Trey Lance in a 32-man league with like the 300th pick. Like, what are you talking about? It's not pick 300. <laughs> it was not pick 300. It was a late pick. It was a late pick. I just drafted it, Trey Lance. So it was like I'm it was like seven. <laughs> I I get taking Lance, but I don't think he starts and super early. And then even if he does, there's no guarantee he starts off super hot. It is a little. It's a little weird. Uh, the rushing up. Like it, it, there, it's though, all so just like it. preseason hype, and I love Lance, right? But I'm not gonna bank on him to go out and throw like thirty touchdowns as a rookie. You're not about it. <laughs> I'm about it. <laughs> Trey Lance is going to throw 30 touchdowns as a rookie and rush for 10 more. It's going to be awesome. I'm, uh, I I'm like, he's going to set the record for touchdowns by a rookie quarterback. Um, that's uh, that's fairly bold, I guess. I don't know, dude. I believe in the talent of Trey Lance, but like Garoppolo could just start there, and he's being dra- he's being drafted as like a mid level backup. It is a little high. It's like, I don't know. It is, he is getting drafted a little bit high. I checked the ADP this morning, and I was like, yeah, Trey Lance is probably getting drafted a little bit too high for someone who might sit on the bench the entire year. But I really don't think he's going to. I really think that he gives the 49ers a better chance to win than Garoppolo, and I feel like in this division, you've got to go with your better guy right away. So I do think Lance is – I think that it's going to happen with Lance. Theo's like slamming on I his I do desk. think it's going to happen with Lance, but the risk that I am wrong is – also quite high like he he's uh, yeah you know what go trey lance he's got the rushing upside if you're wrong as your backup quarterback go pick somebody up who cares andy yeah. dalton is my starter in this league that i drafted it in <laughs> until, that's, uh, until uh, further notice. <laughs> that's, that's that's not, not a strategy man. it's a deep league <laughs> so he better be he better start. <laughs> he's just theo's like please god all right well we got we got to hurry up do you guys have let's do uh some locks real quick. If you I'm guys out have, of them. I, I got, I was, out, mine was Russ and Carson. I'm mine was oh, Russ and Carson and okay. my letdowns were Edmonds and Sermon. So that's all I got. Gerald, oh, that's right, uh, Gerald Everett. Guy. Gerald Everett at ADP at 22 for a tight end. That's not bad. Oh, I thought you were going to say bust. No, good. Yes. No, no, I like yeah. him. I like yeah. Him. I think, yes, I think good. that's good. I mean, he's probably tight end 22 is probably not even getting drafted in most leagues. But if you're getting a backup tight end towards the end, uh, he's, he's somebody to look at. I think that Russ does kind of want to throw to his tight ends, but it just hasn't worked out. Will Disley, before he got hurt, was really strong. And Jimmy Graham um, caught like and, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Graham. So I think that's an offense that's going to score a lot. Maybe get some red zone action at 22. Yeah. Yeah. Good tight agree. end on good offense. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling Robert Woods. I, I was I was out on Robert Woods for a Bobby minute. Trees. I was really I was really out here. I was like loving Cooper Cup, but I was just like, man, he's just he's just so good at blocking. <laughs> um, but Robert, cares? yeah, exactly. Like, who the hell cares about blocking with receiver? Although he does have like 
He's like one of the best receivers in the NFL blocking, but like it's like him and Zay Jones are just up there. Um, but Robert Woods is going to produce, especially with Stafford. Like we talk about receivers can produce without quarterbacks all the time. Like it happens. Terrell Pryor did it. That's my prime example. Um, but if you if you give a guy like that Stafford, like you're looking at big numbers. He's being drafted right now at wide receiver 17. You know, right around Amari Cooper. I could see him and Cooper having similar seasons, and they should probably both be a little bit higher. Where did uh, where did Wood, Woods finished as wide receiver thirteen last year, at least in standard? Maybe that's probably different in half PPR, which is what we're usually oh, talking about. Yeah, no, but he's he's finished wide receiver thirteen last year. And he's being and drafted at seventeen, and he got a huge quarterback upgrade, and he's being drafted at seventeen. Yeah, and I, like I feel that. like if it's Come between on. him and <laughs> Come on. going for, if it's between him and Cup, I would go Woods because I think Woods is a better traditional wide receiver than Cup is, and I feel like in a new, a new guy like Stafford is going to gravitate more towards the uh, like traditional guy who I bet like is just a little bit safer and more familiar than someone like Cup, who's a little bit like experimental Sean McVay system dude. I bet you <laughs> that he gravitates a little bit more towards Cup. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that wraps things up for us today. As always, tons and tons of content coming your way on all platforms. Uh, everyone, make sure you wish Theo a happy belated birthday if you have not already. Um, we will be posting the rest of the NFC locks and letdowns as well as the AFC throughout the rest of the week. The NFL preseason continues to go on, and we're getting so close to the real season. I know we're all excited. Don't miss out on all the content coming your way soon. And as always, from Corn Boy, Dunk Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you on the flippity-flop. <laughs>